All right, guys, welcome to the Culinary Viking Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Kendall Eastep. Uh, this is just episode one. It's going to be a little bit of an introduction to the podcast, uh, what I'd like to go over, things like that. So to begin with, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I've been in the restaurant industry for going on eight years now. I uh, started very young. I started when I was... 13, I believe, working professionally in kitchens, uh, family kitchens, obviously, because here in the States, you got to have permits, but not necessarily if your family owns the restaurant. But um, it's been a, a fun, crazy career. Uh, I've tried to do career changes. I've tried to do other things, but something keeps drawing me back to uh, uh, the restaurant life. So uh, I'll tell you about my cooking style. My cooking style, I try to stay within, you know, a relatively comfortable limit as far as what I do professionally just because of the area I'm in the area that I work in um, my cooking style is is very simple uh, I usually use a lot of you know French culinary cuisine as far as how I cook that's just what I've, I've learned over the years you know and refined with you know culinary school and things like that um, and it's also a very thought-out method thanks to uh, people like Augusta Escoffier and uh, his predecessors, they really revolutionized uh, cooking and uh, how it is and what it is to cook. So, with that being said, I do live in, you know, the southern United States. I have the opportunity right now to work for a uh, restaurant that is, you know, heavy in French uh, influences. I work in a bistro and. Um, it's, it's an amazing experience. I get to really you know shine because I know what I'm talking about. I know the ingredients that I'm working with. And as a chef, it's important to really you know know your craft, know what you're doing, know what you're comfortable with, and know what your limits are. Because I mean, everybody does have their limits. That being said, everybody can learn. Uh, you want everybody to be able to learn at their own pace and at their own way. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's nice whenever a chef knows he needs to stick where he's at stick with what where he's at there's no there's no problem learning everybody can learn but every every chef has you know their comfort zone and right now i'm operating well within my comfort zone it's it's an enlightening experience i'm still learning a lot even about what i'm comfortable working with you know oh getting off track here uh the channel or the podcast that um i'm setting out to to start, or I guess I have started by doing this episode. Oh, I kind of want a safe space for all chefs to, you know, just come in, listen, you know, whether while they work, when they're doing their morning prep, or, you know, on their way to work, or, you know, just, you know, throughout their day to be able to go, hey, let's uh, listen to the podcast, and he knows what he's talking about. He can relate to us. This is kind of for those people. You know, I mean, we're gonna learn a lot here. We're gonna learn a lot about each other. We all know how it is as chefs and as cooks and in the professional environment, it's stressful. It's difficult, it's a hard job. It's not meant for everybody, you know, and it takes its toll on people, especially, you know, 30 year guys that, 40 year guys that have been doing this their entire life, they take this kind of stuff personal. And it really affects them. Um, with this, I mean, it's a touchy subject. Uh, we are going to talk about things like mental health because you know mental health in the restaurant industry is very important. Uh, the suicide rate for chefs is you know at an all-time high, and that's you know unacceptable. It's, it's, it's 
awful and it's very sad um, how to cope with stress, how to cope with restaurant life, you know. There's, there's nobody out there that's doing something like this where they're making pretty much a safe space for chefs to come in and just, you know, relax and de-stress no matter, you know, what political faction they belong to, what walk of life they come from. This is, this is for people that when you cut them, they bleed ingredients, you know what I mean? They bleed restaurant life. So, I'm trying to think about how to word this, but with restaurants and then things like that, you know, in the service industry, whether you're working in a corporate kitchen, you're working in a private kitchen, or fine dining, or whatever it is, they all have their own little little quirks that kind of make that restaurant what it is. And it all starts with the chef that works in that kitchen, you know, whether it's one of the line chefs or the head chef, you know, all the same, they're still part of a team, you know. And this is kind of for, for everybody, you know. Coming in the morning, you do your morning prep, turn the podcast on. Listen, have a laugh before you go to work. Um, we're going to talk about things like, you know, servers, you know, from the career servers who really care about what they do that end up becoming front of house managers or, you know, end up being maitre d's or whatever it is. And uh, how important they are as servers in the service industry to, you know, hotel restaurants and, and what a hotel restaurant has compared to a, a restaurant that doesn't operate inside of a hotel to corporate kitchens because I mean everybody's working a corporate kitchen at some point in their life um, and how awesome that can be that experience is it's kind of fun um, you do have Big Brother watching out for you but it doesn't always pay the best it, it doesn't allow you a whole lot of creativ creativity because you know the recipes and the menu have already been decided by a corporate office so it can be kind of stressful. And I'll tell you, there's a, a restaurant that I'm having the opportunity to work with right now. Um, and I, I think I might make a career here. It is a corporate kitchen. And it's an amazing corporate kitchen because every single member of their corporate team has to work in the restaurant. And 95% of the corporate team comes from the restaurants. Because this was a 10, 20 years ago, this was just a, this was just an idea on a napkin to be honest with you, this was an idea on a napkin made up by two LSU uh, basketball walk-ons. The name of the restaurant's walk-ons, Sports Bistro. And um, it was it was hand-created by Mr. Brandon Landry, who I have the pleasure of working for uh, in one of his restaurants. And I will say 110%, this restaurant is amazing because they know what they're talking about. They've worked the line. They've worked the front of house. They've done expediting. You know what I mean? If they hire somebody for marketing in their corporate office, that person that got hired for marketing in their corporate office has got to go through a crash course in an actual restaurant. They got to work each station for at least three days. They got to do expo. They got to do front of house stuff. I mean, it's it's an amazing company to work for. Not just to mention, they are one of the fastest growing companies in the United States because they know what they're doing. Uh. That aside, and I won't go too far into, you know, where I'm working and things like that, but keep in mind, not all corporate entities are bad, right? Not all corporate entities are are hostile and only care about numbers. They're not all suits and ties, you know, that have master's degrees in business administration. They don't give a shit about, you know, the restaurants and things like that. They just want to see the green and, you know, what the, the money is and things like that. There's a lot of corporate kitchens that are like that, and I'm very happy to say that Walk-Ons is not like that. Walk-Ons is, 
an amazing company and an amazing restaurant. Um, we don't call our, our restaurants stores like a lot of companies do. They, they're all restaurants. They're all bistros. Uh, they have an amazing team of chefs that comes in and trains all of the new chefs, things and things like that. Um, it's it's very old school in a lot of ways, and our menu is very, you know, fantastic as far as like it was handcrafted by an actual chef, Chef Mike. Uh, he's an amazing guy. I had the opportunity to work with him when our restaurant opened. I was part of the restaurant opening team, and it was an amazing experience sitting down and, and talking with him, and you know, getting to see what makes him who he is. He's an old school, and a lot of you guys can relate to this old school militaristic chef, you know? It's, um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, his menu is his menu. He designed it for that way for a reason, and it's a damn good menu. I mean, it's got a lot of French culinary aspects to it, especially it's a Louisiana-based restaurant, so uh, you can expect there's going to be a lot of Creole and, and French aspects to it, and Sure enough, you can definitely see it's there. Our uh, Le Membre Blanc is on point. We have crawfish etouffee, which is on point. And, of course, everybody's favorite whenever they go to New Orleans and they get a chance to visit to, uh, Café du Mont, you know, the beignets. Our beignets really do justice to the Café du Mont beignets. And then it's amazing. Every Everything is is perfect. A lot of corporate restaurants you see, they send out food that's, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, a solid four at best on their on their best days and then a one or two if they're really busy because they don't take care of their team but here at walk-ons you know we only serve nines and tens no matter how busy we are no matter how how stressed out we are we, we only serve nines and tens if it's not ready if it's not perfect we'll send it back hands down every day of the week because we take care of our team our team knows that if they do the job well they're going to get rewarded very well for it and that's that's awesome so it makes a lot of cooks that actually want to be there stick around and develop themselves into not just cooks but but chefs awesome hard-working hardcore very knowledgeable chefs and that's very important uh, you don't see that kind of development in a lot of corporate kitchens stepping back away from walk-ons and stepping back away from you know corporate kitchens and things like that uh, th this is this is a safe space for all chefs, right? Um, depending on what platform the podcast gets released on, I'd like to see a lot of communication. I mean, we can start a Discord server and things like that for all these chefs from around the country, around the world, to be able to get together and talk and discuss recipes, one, discuss kitchen life, you know, cut back or lay back, cut loose, things like that. Um, it's very important to remember, right, when, when we're doing these things and we're talking and you guys are tuning in, you know, as chefs, we expect perfection. And that's kind of an unrealistic expectation that we set for not only our cooks, but the rest of our teams and our fellow chefs, our service industry partners, things like that. What's more important than perfection? Progress. Progress is far more important than perfection. If you're making progress, right, and if you started at 9 and, and you want a 10, you're going to achieve that 10 eventually. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to achieve that 10. And that might be in your definition perfection, right? But if you're setting the standard for progress, that means there's an 11. That means that there's a 12. It'll get better. It'll be something about it that'll get better, right? Every single time. 
And you're like, dang, that was perfect the first time. Now this is even more perfect. Right? So if you eliminate perfection, you strive for perfection, you're never going to reach it. Right? But if you strive for progress, you'll be happy with the goals you set for yourself every single time you meet one. Um, and that being said, keep the hate out of the comments. Keep the hate out of the 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 discussions that we have here. We're going to have a lot of guests come on that are coming from different parts of the the restaurant industry or the service industry, the hospitality industry, the hotel industries, uh, the, the catering industries, things like that, where they do things differently. I don't want you to feel like, hey, they're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? doesn't mean they're doing it wrong. It means it works for them, right? Their definition of progress and perfection and your definition of progress and perfection are two different definitions, right? What they strive to do might not be fine dining. What they might, might strive to do is to deliver a quality product at an affordable price to people that can't normally access those things, right? You're not going to hold, you're not going to hold, you know, Wolfgang Puck, Michelin, three Michelin star restaurant to the same standard that you're going to hold a food truck. Are you? Of course not. Of course you're not, right? That would be a, an extremely unrealistic expectation to set for a food truck yet they're both extremely pleasant experiences right they're both extremely they're both extremely how do I word this they're both amazing products right at the end of the day you go to a, a three Michelin star restaurant by Wolfgang Puck you're satisfied but at the same time you're at the, the local parade and you go to the food truck you're like dang that was a fucking good ass taco right you, you, you have to you can't hold them to the same standard if you hold them to the same standard, one or the other is going to disappoint you. Whether you like the taco more than the Wolfgang Puck dish, I mean, then you're disappointed, right? You can't hold them to the same standard. You can't. So we can't hold each other to the same standard, right? As chefs, we have to define what our standard is. We have to define what, what we want to accomplish, our progress versus our perfection, right? And a lot of you chefs can agree to that. You might reverse sear a steak, slice it very thinly, and present it as an amazing thing with you know intricate garnishes and things like that. And you might go down the street to your local steakhouse, whether it's a family-owned steakhouse or a corporate steakhouse, uh, whatever you know is available in your area, and they serve the same cut of beef differently than you. They don't reverse sear it. They hot cook it over an open flame. And to say, oh, that's wrong, isn't really fair, is it? It's two different cooking methods, two different cooking styles. The chefs are two different people. You can't hold them to the same standard at that point, can you? Of course not. Of course not. Obviously not. So, keep the hate out of the podcast on my end. That's what I'm going to do. Keep the hate out on your end. When you're, when you're talking to other chefs, don't put them down. Lift them up. Say, hey, that's a freaking cool idea. How do you execute it? Maybe you can implica implicate some of those things into your cooking style, into your cooking method. Maybe you can take ideas from other chefs and lift yourself higher. And you know what you're doing at that point? You're increasing your progress, right? You're, you're taking another step in the right direction. You're bumping that 10 to an 11, that 11 to a 12. Now you've already reached what you would have considered your original goal of perfection. There's no stopping point. There should never be a stopping point, right? 
if you reach your stopping point and you find a product that you you consider to be perfect, there might be a step down at some point to a nine, right? There might be a step down into a nine, and at that point you're like, oh God, this is awful, because you thought you reached perfection when you haven't reached perfection. You're never gonna reach perfection because that's impossible. You can only strive for progress. Uh, getting off topic again, that's just another thing we're gonna talk about on the, on the channel. You hear that a lot, progress over perfection. Um, that's very important to me. That's very important to a lot of chefs that I've had the chance to work with. They would take progress any day over the week over perfection because at the end of the day, perfection is something that you can't ever reach. If you think, if you're a chef and you think that you know it all, and we all know this, we've all worked with that one chef, he's like, I know everything. You don't want to work with them, right? They're, they're hard to work with, they're difficult to work with. They're dangerous to work with because most of the time they melt down, right? And we've all seen a chef that melts down and a chef that, you know, freaks out at the end of the day or at the beginning of shift because something's not there, something's different. And we all know working in this industry that, you know, Prep's not always going to get finished by the time prep needs to get finished. And it's frustrating, yes, but it's not something to cry over. It's not something to break plates over. It's not something to take out on your servers or your, your chefs, your line chefs, your prep chefs, right? So take a step back. Relax and enjoy the progress. Learn. Learn from your team. I've learned crazy things from people underneath me. Crazy things that made me a better chef. Things that I had never even thought of from people who had way less experience and way less education than I have. And that'll be another thing we talk about on the channel. Education over experience. What is Which one's better? Well, to be quite honest with you, neither one's better than the other. Right? You can have a line cook with 20 years of experience that doesn't know a goddamn thing. But you could have a culinary student that comes out of college comes out of culinary school, whether it's, you know, Culinary Institute of America or, or you know, my, my college, the college that I went to, Escoffier School of Culinary Arts out of Boulder, Colorado, and it's, it's shocking because you can take that culinary school chef versus that 20-year chef and you'd rather have the culinary school chef because they're still eager to learn, right? They, they, they know that when they're in culinary school, they're not going to graduate culinary school and be head chefs. Right? They're going to start at the bottom just like everybody else. They have an advantage. They've had, you know, the past two to four years to refine their skills. But at the same time, that 20-year chef with 20 years of experience may think he knows everything. And we both, we all just said we don't want to work with that guy, didn't we? Because in this industry, with the amount of culture that we have, the amount of experiences we have, the new developments that happen in each kitchen every single day, where a chef makes in, or breaks ground in a new cooking method, or they discover a new seasoning combination, a new ingredient combination, a new recipe standard, a new recipe development, right? There's no way you can learn everything in this industry. You can spend your entire life seeking to learn everything and still barely scratch the surface because this world is so big. And uh, <laughs> newsflash, everybody, Everybody eats. Every culture around the world eats. It's, it's, you know, one of the most basic human needs. You got to eat food to survive. And they've all, you know, based on what was around them, developed the dishes that are classic to their to their their uh, culture in their area. 
And that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. And we'll talk a lot about, you know, world studies because that's always what, what fascinated me in culinary school is world cuisine. So I know we've covered a bunch of different topics already and we have about 20 minutes left of the, the introductory episode. Um, I hope I haven't lost anybody yet. We're just going over, you know, what we what we want from here. And I'm open to suggestions, right? My email is always going to be available. My, uh, my podcast email, send me an idea if you want to hear about something. Uh, I have a lot of experience in a lot of different environments, both corporate, private, fine dining, what have you. And uh, I had the opportunity to go to culinary school. Not every chef gets to go to culinary school. So reach out, definitely. And um, talk to me. Tell me your experience. Tell me what you learned. Tell me what you want to hear. Because not every episode is going to be an educational episode. Every, every episode is going to be different. We're going to have, you know, lighthearted episodes where we just shoot the shit about stories. And I have a bunch of stories about some dumb stuff that I've seen in kitchens. That, that would make every chef laugh. Um, I have a lot of, you know, educational things I like to share. And I also would like to hear you guys' ideas. I want to hear what, what you've experienced. And we'll talk about it on the episode. We will. Because, like I said, this is going to be a safe space for all chefs, right? This is going to be a place where every single chef can, can come out and talk or listen and experience things that, that they thought they were alone in. Right? Because it's not, it's not easy to go home after, you know, a 14-hour day, which is, you know, what a lot of chefs would consider a small shift because, you know, you spend every, every waking minute in your, your restaurant. And to go home and still have a family to look after, still have a, a wife or a girlfriend or animals or children or, or whatever it is at home, you know, whether it's positive or negative, whether you're in a toxic relationship or whether you have toxic friends or whatever it may be, you know, it's not easy to go home and and be dad or be mom or be brother, sister, or be, you know, father or or mother. It's, it's difficult to, to live in this industry and to work in this industry because I mean, it's hard work and then to go home and do the same thing at home. You know, a lot of your crazy stories used to come from, you know, 23 to 28-year-old line cooks or line chefs who go out and binge drink when they get off work and then they burn out by the time they're 30, you know? Same thing for parents, you know, that turn to drug use and things like that to cope with the stress of being a parent and also being a chef. You know, stressing out because... They have to work a 12 to 14 to 16 hour day in the restaurant and still have to be a single parent. It's difficult and we all know that and that's why we're all here for each other. That's why the culinary industry has so many, you know, organizations that you can reach out to, whether it's the Culinary Federation of America or whether it's, you know, the Chef's Association or the Chef Life's page on Facebook or, you know, a safe space like a podcast where you can listen and you can identify with things that, that I'm talking about. You know, it's it's sad to see. It is. It's sad to to work with people their entire lives and then they're burnt out and on drugs and you know, crumbling because they can't handle the stress. And you hear it a lot and it's my biggest pet peeve to hear this all the time. And you you hear it come from a lot of toxic kitchens, right? If you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. 
And no, it's not talking about how hot it is. We all know what it's really talking about. If you can't handle the bullshit and the thick skin jokes and things like that, then leave. Consider a new career. That's unfair. It's truly unfair. You can't do that. We have to be there for each other. We have to. It's very important that we recognize every chef has a different set of skills than we do. And that there's a learning curve with every recipe. Not just in every restaurant, but every recipe. Every cooking method's gonna push somebody to their limits. And when we support each other, I apologize about that. I had an intrusion that required my attention, but um, I don't even remember where I was at. But we have to be there for each other as chefs. We, we have to. Um, kind of forgot my train of thought. I do apologize about that, guys. Um, so moving on, uh, my kind of goal for this... For this podcast, like I've said before, is not only to be a safe space for chefs, for people in this industry that that work 40 to 50 to 60 to 70 hours a week, not just a pay period, but a week, is to, to you know, come together as a, as a world of chefs and to be there with each other, be there for each other, to celebrate each other, to celebrate each other's accomplishments, because at the end of the day, it's a milestone. It is. It's incredible. It's not every day that a new cooking method is invented it's not every day that uh, a world-class recipe is invented it's it takes time and sometimes entire lifetimes to refine these skills to deliver a quality product and it needs to be celebrated not just in old age but also in young age because progress over perfection every every milestone of progress that we make needs to be celebrated that being said this is going to be a short episode usually these episodes are going to run about an hour long, this is going to just be an introduction, I don't need to ramble on for an hour about, you know, bull crap that you'll end up seeing anyways. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, this one. So, my email is going to be in the podcast footnotes or whatever in the, the section. You guys can always reach out, talk to me. Um, I'll always reply, always respond. Um, I want to meet you guys, I want to hear from you guys. I want you guys to be able to, to come out and... Um, have your voices heard because it's not not every day that your voice is going to be heard right i mean you guys kind of suffer in silence we all kind of suffer in silence and you see things like uh, anthony bourdain that was a tragedy you see other chefs crumble down and their skills go to waste because they start using drugs and you see drugs a lot in this industry and there's not enough resources for chefs right because it's such a touchy subject one and two most of us are wildly successful, and by the time we reach wild success, right, whether it be the promotion to head or executive, you know, or whatever, what if you're not even in a restaurant, you're in in, in a private corporation, or you're you consultate, cons, excuse me, doing consultation work with film, or you're doing you know recipe development in test kitchens and things like that. You know, there's not a lot of resources for the things that stress us out because we get stressed out a lot, don't we? So, um, reach out, and I hope you guys all find a safe space here. I hope this is going to be a place where you can all come and just enjoy, not just chefs, servers too, please. Other people, hospitality industry professionals, come in, listen, right? You might, 
you might learn something about your head chef. And we're going to have guests come on, servers uh, from the service industry, hotel managers. We're going to have, you know, a little bit of everything for everybody. My goal is to have everybody's voice heard. I know I've already spoken with a couple of people in the food trucks that are in my local area that want to come out and have their voices heard. And, you know, I know a couple of people in the corporate kitchens that like to have their voices heard that do corporate work. And I also have some, some other people. I have an executive chef from a restaurant in my area who has been doing this a long time and he's really, he's old school kitchen and he's crazy successful. He's got, you know, three restaurants under his name now and a whole team got together and he definitely wants to come in and talk and do a shameless plug in. But um, definitely guys, reach out. Please, and I hope you enjoyed this introduction, and I, I hope you enjoy the next the next episode. Um, the next episode we're going to do is going to dive directly into the hard topic. It's going to be about mental health in the kitchen. Um, we're going to introduce some strategies that have worked for me, and also for other people to you know kind of make it easier, right? To give you coping mechanisms to deal with the stress of the restaurant, to deal with the stress of you know the late hours, you know managing time and family and the social life and and things like that. So uh, tune in for episode two on mental health. Um, should be next week. And then it comes out, it'll probably be next Wednesday. So definitely come out or tune in, listen, and um, hope you guys enjoy.